you could have more fulfillment and ease in your professional and personal life and still be ambitious. Join me, Kathy Onetto, founder of Sustainable Ambition, for conversations with experts, authors, and friends on what it means to live with sustainable ambition. Learn concepts, tips, and tools to craft a fulfilling career on your terms while still being ambitious and avoiding burnout. For show notes from this episode, visit sustainableambition.com slash podcast. Now, let's learn more to help you craft your career to support your life from decade to decade. On to today's conversation. Imagine if at work you found yourself unfulfilled or unsatisfied, not finding meaning in your work, not engaged, not performing well, not feeling like you belong, so you're starting to feel lonely, not feeling supported, feeling burnt out, and just not feeling well and not feeling healthy. And what if I told you there's one thing you could do to help contribute to turning all that around? Well, that's what investing in community and friendships at work can do for you. Now, this might sound a little corny, like seriously, Kathy, you're telling me to invest in friendships and community at work. And yeah, I am. And it's because most of us today, including myself, are working in a hybrid working situation or are working in a fully remote situation. And we, many of us prefer this and don't want it any other way, right? We're telling our employers, we don't want to go back to the office. And don't get me wrong. I am a fan of flex work. I love being able to have more control over where I work, when I work, yet there can be a downside and that's losing connection with others. So I know for me, after like a 15 plus year career going to offices and not having a problem with that at all, One of the things I learned as I moved forward in my career, and I had a job that was taking me out on the road a little bit more and not operating in the same office every single day, I personally found that I just enjoyed being in different offices and having that different variety. But also when I finally had a work trip also, which actually maybe happened a little bit more often, where I was traveling on my own, I actually felt like I was playing hooky and I kind of liked it. And it wasn't that I wasn't working, I was working, but I had more quiet time to myself. And I've learned over time that for me to operate at my best, I actually need quite a bit of that. But, and then when I switched jobs and had to start going to an office daily again, it was actually kind of hard and I kind of resisted it. I didn't really love the feel of that. But what was equally hard was having my first year of self-employment and working at home all the time. I really didn't like it. And I've shared that on the podcast before. It just didn't feel good to me. And so the next year I got myself a co-working space. I was much happier going in two to three days a week and being able to be around people. And even if I wasn't talking to all these individuals, still feeling like I had a little bit of connection. And by also taking myself into an office or a co-working space, it gave me more opportunity to meet up with friends for coffee or for lunches or after work. And so it's just to say, as we move towards more of this hybrid or remote work circumstances, that we need to be more conscientious about maintaining connections and building friendships with people at work. And the reason this, this is important as well is that we're starting to see data that suggests that there is some negative 
kind of trends around this. And so according to some research by Workplace Intelligence in remote or hybrid work organizations, a little over 70% of employees say they aren't able to socialize enough when they're remote. And then build on that, according to a Pew Research study, 60% of remote workers say that working from home makes them feel less connected to their colleagues. And that really is a problem. And I'll share some high-level kind of reasons as to why. And then you might be thinking, again, we're adults, Kathy. Like, we know we should network. We know we should have friends. But the question is, do we? Do we actually make friends and put the time in it and the effort in to make friends as adults? And there's been a lot of articles and research coming out of late speaking to this fact of adults having a hard time making friends. And so sociologists have identified some key factors that allow for organic friendships to take shape. And so two of those are continued unplanned interaction and then shared vulnerability. And yet as we become adults, the environments that we're in that allow for those factors to be there just there aren't as many of them. There's less and less environments for us where this, these two factors are at play. Plus, as we take on more responsibilities, we have less time to put towards making friends. And research has shown that it does take a number of hours to make friends. So the research shows that making a casual friend takes 50 hours on average, while close friendships takes up to 200 hours. And then just to note the concern around this trend for me a bit is because there's all this evidence and research being put out there right now that's talking about how we're in a loneliness crisis. So back in 1990, only 3% of Americans said that they had no close friends. But in 2021, that, that jumped to nearly 12%. So a really big increase in that. And this loneliness crisis has been like happening pre-pandemic and certainly the pandemic didn't help matters. And this, while I'm sharing a, a U.S. stat here, this, this is a, a, a larger issue and something that's happening across the globe. So what can we do about this? So some companies are doing things to help, and there's research that's starting to say that some of these intentional efforts by leaders uh, in these remote and hybrid environments, that they're paying off and that they're seeing some benefit. But I just want to say that it's not your company's job, in my opinion, completely to make you feel connected. I definitely think that companies should take some responsibility, but you know, I just think that friendships don't happen at work. Even if we were in an office, the companies don't make that happen. You know, um, our bosses don't make that happen. Our managers don't make that happen. We do. We are the ones that put the effort in to make a connection with somebody at work and to make those investments. So some may say that this doesn't matter for them, that they don't need friendships at work and that they'd rather keep their personal life separate from their work life and to create those boundaries. And, and that might be the right solution for some people. You know, they're, they're, that there could be good reason for that, to, just depending on the job environment or what have you. But I think for that there's enough research out there that for the majority of us that says that it really does matter when you have friendships and relationships at work that tell me that it's really worth investing in these relationships. So let me just reiterate again. I was going to take you through more of the research and the detail behind all of the research that kind of says, you know, supports all the different benefits that relationships and friendships at work um, 
relate to, but it just frankly started to seem a little boring and monotonous. So I'm just going to, I'll put some links in the show notes, but just to reiterate again, like these are all the different benefits that one can have and experience by having friendships at work. So people who have friends at work have higher job satisfaction. They tend to be more creative, productive, and committed. They find more meaning in their work. They have higher performance. Mentors are really important when it comes to your performance and success at work. So those can get included in here when you think about your relationships at work. Peer mentors are great, but also thinking about expanding your network to have more senior mentors. Relationships are also really important for career opportunities. So there's been research that shows that, you know, having um, your closer in connections, especially if you're going to stay on the same career path, it's those relationships that matter even more than loose connections, because those are people as they jump, they might pull you to other opportunities at the next company that they go to. So building relationships at work are really important for that as well. People who have friendships at work, they feel more supported. They are healthier. They experience actually less stress and lower burnout. And then there's also a benefit from research that's shown that, you know, it also helps to shape your identity when you have friendships at work and certain relationships at work. And then I'll throw in one of my benefits that I'm experiencing now at this stage of my career, which is, gosh, by being able to have these different relationships and friendships from my different work lives, I now am able to create what I my, can kind of call my dream team of people that I can work with. I am now being able to work with all these wonderful people that I've really enjoyed working with over the course of my career. So there's just so many benefits to really investing in relationships at work. Now, I know I said earlier that these relationships can take time. And it really does mean that you need to make an investment in these relationships. And so you may end up saying, well, I don't have time for this, Kathy. (laughs) But I will just say and point you to some research by Laura Vanderkam, where she actually has shown that by adding energizing activities to your schedule, you actually start to feel like life is more doable. You actually start to build some resilience and up your energy levels for the other things that are present in your life. So by putting a little bit more investment in these relationships that can have such a positive benefit, you might actually find that your capacity grows, not in a negative sense, but just in an overall feeling better sense. So I'll just say again, so while I can appreciate our desire for more flexibility and being outside an office. Totally get it. But in my opinion, it also means we really need to be more proactive about building these relationships. And as I said, making the investment. And when you look at experts who have talked about who do work around like friendships and building friendships at work, they do say this, that it does take intentional effort. And research has shown that friendships don't just happen organically. And it's that people who believe that they do actually end up feeling lonelier. So you do really have to try and put yourself out there. So I'll offer just a few tips on how to do this and to kind of give you some encouragement to start to invest a little bit more time here if you aren't right now. So the first is just to start small. You know, even if it's just adding some personal talk to some of your meetings um, as you're going forward, hopefully most of us are doing this now at this stage 
in this transition into more remote work and hybrid work. But if you're not, just taking that time to connect on a social level. And then start small by just picking a couple of people that you want to deepen your relationships with. Another piece of advice that I really appreciated from Dr. Marissa Franco, who wrote a book on making adult friendships, is that she encourages to assume that people like you, that when you go into an interaction, say a networking event or some, you know, even if you're entering a new project at work where you're getting introduced to some new people, it's just to make this assumption that people like you already. Don't be concerned and be nervous. And she says that this is based on research into what's called the liking gap, that the idea that when strangers interact, they're actually more liked by the other person than they assume. So that's backed by research to kind of step into that. The reason to show that people you like them is because we tend to like people who believe we believe like us. So might as well step into being the one that puts yourself out there and shows that you like them so that it starts to foster that connection between you. Now, it wouldn't be a podcast episode if I didn't reference Adam Grant um, and his advice, but Adam Grant talks about you know, being a giver versus a taker. And this is one where I just would lead into very simply, like be a giver, like as a friend, you know, being a giver and um, offering support and help, um, knowledge, what have you, goes a long way in building friendships. Another idea I'm going to put out there that might sound a little weird, but my my thinking here is that to bring to just be intentional around building friendships, like it's one way to think about this. So I, this is borrowing from some work by Michelle Warner. She has a class called Networking That Pays, and it's really more about business and building your small business and networking intentionally. But I really loved this idea. Just, it doesn't need to be manipulative. It's just, let me be intentional about who I want to connect with and why. So let's say, you know, you are trying to learn a new skill set or you're a new manager or you have a curiosity about something and let's now be more intentional about who you could start to build a friendship with or a connection with that could support your own growth agenda. So that's what I mean here. But I loved, I really just appreciated this idea of planting the seed around creating a networking strategy. And I would just say being more intentional about how you go about building friendships at work. And when you're doing that, Think about not being too narrow in terms of who you're thinking about you might build a network with. So you might have a tendency to kind of stay with people in your team or in your same department, but you know, other experts here really encourage you to think about expanding your network, perhaps levels, different departments, so that you can um, get more exposure to people across an organization. Now, how can you actually get clever to kind of make these connections happen? (laughs) So just a few ideas here. One is to, you know, create a tradition or a ritual that you could initiate yourself. Maybe you start a peer networking group that meets biweekly or once a month. Maybe you start a work book club or you create another type of group that has a regularly scheduled group activity. Another way to think about this, think about a one-on-one connection that you want to have with somebody and maybe you both go for a virtual walk and you have a conversation while you're both out walking. Maybe you ideate together on a work problem or you just connect on 
personal and professional matters. That would be something really enjoyable to do to combine a few different things, taking a break, going for a walk, mimicking something that you would typically do in a in real life experience, but just bring that into this digital environment we're operating in now. Then I, I had heard a about a program, I'm going to forget the company, but where this a person I was speaking with worked at a company where they were facilitating networking across the company, where you could sign up to get connected to different groups, well, really different individuals across the company in different departments, different business units, you name it. And I love that this was being facilitated by the company. Um, but what if your company doesn't offer this, see if this is something that you might either can suggest to HR, or perhaps you start something yourself where you're actually facilitating these connections at work. My final two tips here. One is be sure to make use of the in-person events that are happening. So (laughs) it may sound silly, but, you know, we need to be reminded of this. And here's why. I know I've been in a few office environments of late where I'm able to kind of watch from afar and see how nice it is to see people connecting casually and kind of not in these formal ways inside an office environment. And again, I'm still saying I enjoy my remote work and my flexibility, but you know, being in person is also really, really enjoyable, at least to me. And when I see this, it's it's fun to see. And it just seems like it's these really lovely connections happening. And yet what I've also heard from some people is that, that when they go into the office, they're like, oh my gosh, I got no work done. I just kept on getting caught by people who wanted to connect. Well, yeah. And it's because we haven't been able to connect. And so it's just to really, you know, think about like, what is your at-home time for? What are those in-person events for? And really maximize those in-person events for connection. And then a final thing I'll put out there that, you know, takes you outside of your current work environment, but still is a kind of something that you should consider for connections and friendships related to your professional life is to consider joining a local club or a group, you know, so that you do foster friendships um, even in that way. It's helpful to have some of these organized events that one can go to to start to meet people and build relationships. So if I close here, The moral of the story is, with many of us loving hybrid and remote work, I just encourage you to really think about and make sure that it doesn't impact your building of relationships, friendships, and community. Because having those relationships, friendships, and that community at work has so many positive benefits to us feeling fulfilled at work, not getting burnt out, performing, et cetera. So really it's worth the investment to make in these relationships. So the takeaway, if we choose to work from home, overinvest in building relationships. And I'd encourage you to think about what's one action you'll take today to start or deepen a relationship at work. So thanks for being with me today, everyone. And I'd always love to hear from you. If you have feedback or a listener question, you can send those to me in one of two ways. You can either email me at podcast@sustainableambition.com, or now I have a page where you can send me a voice note. So you can go to bit.ly slash essaypodcast-ask. And 
it will be captured there. You can, again, ask me a question. I might answer it here on the podcast, or you can share a podcast topic you'd like me to cover. You can share it there as well. Either way, I'd love to hear from you. And then finally, as I ask periodically here when I do a solo show, if you're enjoying the podcast, I'd be so grateful if you would rate, review, and please share it with others. It really does help me keep the podcast going and get great guests on the show with me. Thank you so much in advance. So with that, be well all, have a beautiful day. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Sustainable Ambition Podcast. I hope you take away at least one learning or inspiration from today's conversation. Find more inspiring interviews and get show notes for this episode at sustainableambition.com slash podcast. Make sure you don't miss an episode or my insider tips, guides, and tools by signing up for Sustainable Ambition Forum, my twice monthly newsletter. Sign up at sustainableambition.com slash subscribe. And remember, it's not about finding work-life balance. It's about building work-life resilience. Thanks again for joining me. Speak with you next time.